0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: And we are back. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of InnovateHerKC, and do want to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordable, and they they make all of this possible. So we, we really love FullScale. Today we have with us, I'm really, really excited for this guest, because this guest and I have had... Several conversations in the realm of the work that we do. There's a lot of commonality, but she does some really cool stuff related to youth and engagement and empowering young girls, which is so crucially important for so many, so many women out there. Uh, we have with us today Gina Lichty, and Gina is CEO of. Girls on the Run, Kansas City, President and CEO, forgive me. Gina, thank you so, so much for coming to chat with us.
0: Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for having me and asking me to be part of Startup Hustle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's one of those things where like you and I have had some really, really great conversations. And I was like, you know, why don't we just do that while it's recording? You know, (laughs) let's, let's share the wealth. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to hop right into it because I'm really interested. I'd like to hear your story. So tell us a little bit about Girls on the Run, how you came to it. Why do you do it? Tell us about Gina and Girls on the Run.
0: Um, Well, thank you so much for asking and you know, thinking about my background, um, and I go back, why Girls on the Run, and I go back to my experience um, as a young uh, young female in a small town east of Kansas City, and we would do the physical fitness test. Um, it was a sit and reach, there were some pull-ups, um, but the thing that always got me was the mile Um and would always be one of the last ones to come in on that part of the test. And during that time, I remember just having a ton of insecurity and thought people were watching me and I'm letting people down because I'm not doing any better. Um, And it was just something that always set with me. And I think about now as an adult and my experience um, when I first moved to Kansas City was looking for community and um, joined a running group, which I had some PTSD from my childhood experience. And at first I was very anti-running group, um, but I was so desperate for friends (laughs) when I first moved to Kansas City. um, that I was like, you know what, what the heck, I'm just gonna give it a try. If I'm walk running, fine. Um, I'll walk run to be in community. And because of the support of the women around me um, and the two times a week of us meeting on the trolley trail and, you know, being up so early, getting coffee afterwards, um, I became a runner, um, which again, if you go back to childhood, Gina, I was like, whoa, never would have imagined that for myself. So then I think about all the ways in which sports, in particular running, has influenced my experience in my career and how that has impacted, um, you know, how you look at, accomplishing a task how you look at getting through a hard time, how you build resiliency. Um, Prior to girls on the run, I was with a national nonprofit called women leaders in college sports. And I oversaw the leadership and education arm of that uh, business. And we would go to different communities working with mid-career professional women, helping them advance in their careers. And it was always so interesting working with these women, and how they had all of these various skills and abilities to step into a leadership role, but yet they lacked the confidence to see themselves in, in that position. Um, so I always thought, what if I could work with younger women, uh, younger ladies, females, and help them build that confidence when you know they were little in order to have that as they progress in their lives and their career and think about what they could actually accomplish um, to me having an impact at, you know, earlier stage of life, building those foundational blocks would then help change the landscape to really shift, shift some system, um, uh, some system, uh, structures to help women advance more into leadership. So for me, working with girls on the run was, um, almost a calling. Um, it was something that, really allowed me to mix my interest in helping advance more women into leadership roles and also integrate more health and wellness in knowing the ways in which uh, running has influenced my life and helped me build the grit, the resiliency, Um, just your own personal mastery to be better um, has just been a beautiful combination to lead me to this part of how I impact Kansas City in this way of building our youth and creating more of a pipeline for future female leaders
1: well so so of course I love that and I, I we've talked about this before but you and I are kind of um, very symbiotically attacking different parts of the pipeline like when we're talking about strong passionate brilliant women we both firmly believe in that you're you're addressing the the early, Stages like how can we build them so that they are well prepared to take on leadership roles, and um, you know, and then you kind of hand them off to me. Where when they're a little bit older, we get to support them in the paths that they've chosen to take. Um, so, so I love that, and I want to I want to thank you for that for for helping to fill the pipeline of just amazing young women. So so one of the things that I want to ask you, um, I'm going to, we're going to talk about purpose here a little bit. I want to ask you, what are the barriers and blockers that you're seeing with the, the young girls that you work with? Uh, I know that, you know, it kind of varies from individual to individual, but what are some of the, what are some of the big ones? Like the, the things that are just difficult that you help these young girls circumvent
0: you know, um, it's interesting, and especially in the time of a pandemic, um, response is a little bit different. Um, but you know, I think about mental health being a big issue for young women, and you know, I, I mentioned earlier knowing the confidence and having that peace, um, and so teaching girls to think critically, to know how to be a part of a team, um, and to know how to get up when you've fallen. All of those aspects are huge within the girls in the run program. Um, So again, teaching that from a third to eighth grade perspective is a big piece um, in helping to break down those barriers that young women are facing. I also think about access. Um, One of the nice benefits of running as a movement tool and just as activity, uh, it's low barrier to access in order to participate in. But you know, still there is a cost that is associated with being a part of the program. And so making sure that we provide financial assistance to uh, girls who can't afford it otherwise, also providing shoes, sports bras, um, all of those things in order to participate in running as an activity. Um, and really it's moving your body forward, running, walking, skipping, jumping. Um, we welcome all forms of movements uh, with our program. Um, but I see those two, the mental health piece, and then also providing um, financial assistance to girls in need um, as two big barriers that we often see within our program that we um, entry uh, to access is one. And then also teaching girls um, the problem solving, you know, ways in which to empower yourself is a huge piece um, in breaking down barriers that girls are facing whenever we see them in our program.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for helping them to, to overcome those barriers. The work you're doing is just, it's so crucial, so vital. So, so you kind of touched on, well, I suspect you touched on an answer to my next question. But one of the things that I want to talk to you about is, you know, right now we're going through a time of great upheaval and great uncertainty in our country, uh, in the world, really. You know, we're dealing with a global pandemic. We're dealing with a lot of civil unrest. We're dealing with a lot of um, messaging and Call to action when it comes to issues of equity and access, and um, you know, I know that you have a heart for that work, um, just such a huge heart for that work. But the question that I want to ask you is: is why now? Why? Why is your work so important now?
0: You know, um, I often or we often talk about with Girls on the Run that we are trauma transformers, and. In 2020, we um, are dealt a lot of trauma um, based off our experience of the pandemic, based off our experience as a country with our racial justice and our move forward um, in that fight. Um, and because of that, uh, kiddos who are just building their, you know, development in their brains are experiencing things at such a rapid rate and understanding how to deal with these emotions that they're hit with, you know, whether it's a huge um, part of grief because they've looked forward to going back to school in the fall and now they're not able to, and it's all virtual learning. So what does that look like for them and how do they deal with that and how do they build instructors within their day in order to complete tasks that are super vital to them for their own educational building blocks. And, you know, I also think too, um, for families, the trauma piece that Girls on the Run helps um, kiddos move through, we think about kids who wouldn't have access otherwise um, and giving them an opportunity to feel empowerment. A huge component of Girls on the Run is uh, community service. And so when you don't feel like you have a voice or a space in order to help or be a part of something, giving access to service and knowing how to impact your community gives empowerment back to our youth. And I think that's so huge, especially in a pandemic sense of, What are ways in which I can still impact the world around me and make it a better space, and that in turn gives me power back into my own world and making sure that I'm shifting and leading in a direction that I can move forward with.
1: Yeah, I I love that. Um, I mean, honestly, like I'm I'm gonna keep saying that to you, and I feel like I'm like a a broken record over here because I'm just like I love it, I love it, I love it. But I just truly, truly enjoy being on the outside, looking in on the work that you do. Cause I I see, you know, there are so many prevalent images in your, your messaging and your marketing about how you are truly empowering these young girls and you really are helping them to overcome um, barriers and trauma in a supportive and very healthy, very healthy way. Um, So, so I love, I love that. Now I want to talk, I want to talk tactics, with you a little bit, because I, I, you've kind of touched on some things that you do, you know, offering financial assistance, um, equipment assistance and things like that. But what does, particularly now that we are in COVID America, what does your, your programming specifically look like?
0: You know, and that's the piece. Um, so last March we were getting ready to enter our largest season of serving over 3000 girls, um, in our community, which, for us are huge numbers and a huge reach. Um, so then mid-March when um, Governor Kelly closed down schools and then, you know, a few weeks later, Missouri did the same thing, um, we have had to really reinvent how we deliver our program. And um, with the great pause, we have had opportunity to really think about, okay, how can we deliver our program? What are the pillars of our program that are important? How can we deliver that in A pandemic um, and how do we reach all of the girls um, which is always our goal to be able to serve our community and i do have to share lauren it's been exciting um to be able to innovate and rethink this is how we do our work Um, and being able to offer the summer we did a pilot where we had a week long of camp um, and we did it socially distanced um, all girls and volunteers wore masks all girls and all volunteers had PPE um, individual supplies it it took some rethinking and retooling of what how we do our work um, but in fact it has made us better and in fact because of the shift in the way we're delivering we're only going to make our organization even stronger and better. Um, So we have expanded our services. Not only do we have um, our model of held at schools, which some schools are still allowing for there to be activity outside um, in a traditional sense, but we're also working with community centers and community spots that Um, Families can take their kiddos to um, after school (laughs) and it's a space be outside, et cetera. Um, But we are also offering a virtual um, program, which finding ways to still... Uh, integrate activity into the virtual sense, you know, uh, we're sitting here at our desk um, and chatting, but with the virtual program, it's still getting girls up and doing a five minute dance party or getting them up and having them run within their home and grab, you know, grab something yellow that reminds you of um, a happy emotion Um, And then we're also doing weekend camps um, in the month of October. So really expanding how are we going to serve all of our families with, you know, the very spectrum of their preferences and what they feel comfortable with, you know, including their daughter, uh, you know, having their daughter be a part of. Um, And so, and I I keep telling my team that actually because of the pandemic, we're getting better. And what we're offering to the community will only make us stronger as we move forward, um, you know, Post pandemic, whenever that time may, might be.
1: Yeah. So, you, you know, you talk about kind of introducing innovation to your team. And I think, you know, the Startup Hustle audience, one of the things that we love to talk about is innovation and how it, it doesn't come naturally. To everyone you know um, and, and I no shade intended but I will say that you know working in the nonprofit space as I have and you you know you are helming a nonprofit I think one of the things that I have noticed is that the nonprofit sector uh, as a whole is not always super great at um, pivoting or you know introducing new innovations it's one of those things where it, this, it, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. This is what we do. This is what we have always done. Um And I've talked about that with a couple of guests here on the show. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your experience in that. Like you, Gina, you are an innovative person. You know, you are, I think you are open to new ideas and new ways of looking at things. I've noticed that about you, but what was it like to have to very quickly, Uh, pivot and redirect your attentions and rethink what girls on the run could be? Did you face, you know, roadblocks or did you, you know, how did you work with your team to, to answer to some of this?
0: Yeah. Um, You know, I love ideas and I love uh, being in the ideation phase. Um, So to me, you know, looking at what our problem was, you know, it was like a big puzzle and trying to figure out how to put the puzzle pieces together, given the new environment. And it's interesting um, in our particular setup with Girls in the Run, we're part of an international organization that we report up to. And so there are some parts of our structure in which it has had to look the same year over year because of our international organization. I have appreciated in these pandemic times and these covid times, uh, our international organization, we've had to shift. And so it's been awesome to be able to work with different markets of Girls on the Run leaders to talk about what's working in Chicago, what's working in Atlanta, Twin Cities, and being able to share that up to our international organization. So, you know, it's a it's a countrywide effort to be able to shift and, um, you know, being able to play with things in the Kansas City market. So for example, last spring, um, we, what would have been our largest 5K, which we were gonna have 7,500 people at Spoke Park and it was gonna be a beautiful celebration of community. Um, We turned into a week long um, celebration of activity and created a 5K your way. And it was, you know, any movement is celebrated. And that, you know, turned into what we were wanting 7,500 people to come together it turned into having 30,000 people virtually, um, and really that was across the country. But be able to participate in this week long celebration of movement, and so just thinking about things differently. And, um, you know, I am a proponent to being person to person, um, so virtual anything, I'm like, blah, I'm over it, <laughs> but. <laughs> How how do we create this connection um, and still make it magical and um, still have excitement around it, around it and um, get people engaged and involved and also share the same excitement? Um, you know, that's been a challenge we've been dealt with, too. And so, you know, just um, thinking about all the things that are special about Girls in the Run, you know, our organization in particular and making the big pivot and the big move. Um, you know, it's been fun to talk to all of our constituents here locally you know our volunteers our parents our girls um, and be able to use that information to inform how we move forward but then also as I mentioned earlier you know talking to different markets and also working with our international organization I mean it has been a team effort in order for us to be able to say here is what we're offering this fall and you know honestly like, we hadn't been doing that prior to prior to spring 2020. So again, it's making us stronger and better and being able to really offer what it is that we do at a, you know, an elevated level because of where we are in our, you know, current climate.
1: Yeah, well, that is incredible. And I always love hearing about organizations that are able to rely on, on other people and in collaborate. And I, I would be re- remiss if I didn't mention our, our episode sponsors, Full Scale. So one of the things that they are able to do, they are are, are very cool. If you are looking to build your team and um, build you know, tech solutions and software solutions, they can help you scale your team. Um, and we are just very, very grateful to them. Would really highly recommend that if you are looking for techno- technology solutions Effectively and affordably, full scale is the way to go. So, so let's talk a little bit about Gina. Are you? I, I, I so, so listeners, I, I can actually see Gina's face right now, <laughs> uh, and I have to tell you, she just crinkled her nose. She was like, "Oh no, oh no." Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I want to talk to you about, because I, I think that you are an incredible example of a servant leader. Um, there are many different kinds of leaders, but servant leaders definitely have my heart. Um, those who put put their own personal ambitions and dreams aside in order to protect and to to help and to to work with some of our most vulnerable com- communities. And and I would say that you are kind of the epitome of a servant leader heart. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. We we're going to go back. We're going to talk more about Girls on the Run. I promise, but. I want to talk about you because I think you deserve to be um, lauded for, for the work that you do. So, so the question that I want to ask you right now is why do you do what you do? Like what is, what is inside you that makes you want to do what you do? Because the way you do is not easy. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Um... And I think, I don't know if this is a woman thing or what it is, but every single time I ask questions like this of women leaders, they're always just like, I don't, oh God, I don't know. Like, I, and it's like, we, I, I think women, like we're so tactical and we're so just like, let's get it done. Like we have to get it done. We have to serve. Like, but I, I want you to reflect a little bit on the power of your heart and the impact that it has in our community.
0: You know, I, uh, why do I do what I do? I think about my legacy um, and what I'm a part of with my, in my own family. And I come from a family of farmers and, you know, I think about the work that it takes to, you know, work your ground and um, all the love and the hard work that goes into that. And so I had an example growing up of this is what work looks like, but also being passionate about your work and the like, Having belief in what it is that you're doing and seeing the greater purpose, and all of those things inform, you know, why I choose to do what I do. And, you know, thinking about giving voice to women, um, thinking about giving voice to people who might not have it otherwise, those things are huge to me about standing up for what it means to be about justice. Um, And You know, I also think about health and wellness and how important that is as well to people living a life full of vitality and my responsibility or just my passion and desire to be a part of that space too. I mean, all of these things inform um, why I do what it is that I do.
1: Yay. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't really have much else to say to that. I'm just like, Yay. (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. um well very cool and so so we've talked a little bit about your your motivation um and so now i'm gonna i'm gonna flip the script on you just a little bit i'm gonna ask you to talk to us about girls on the run as an institution you mentioned that you are just you're the kansas city chapter and that you work with other chapters um so what does it look like in practice to I mean, I'm sure you have to adhere to, you know, standards and you have to make sure that you are branding and messaging correctly. Uh, is that, I, I would imagine that it's almost a little bit freeing because it allows you to operate within a space that is established and, you know, you have resources, but what's that like?
0: You know, I do appreciate um, having a brand that you, you know, it's already established that you can use. Um my team, we talk about how our brand voice is Leslie Nope and Michelle Obama.
1: Oh my God're <laughs> so they're like're they're two great brands, <laughs> oh my
0: God right, right. so it's the melding of what that means um, and you know being for young women, being for um, our community and how important that is um, for being a voice in Kansas City. Um, it's fun to be able to look at our own market, our landscape, and know the tiny market uh, that we do occupy within Kansas City, but also see us on a broader scale of how, you know, Lauren, you mentioned from the very beginning, how, uh, you know, the baton handoff between the work that we do to the work that you do. And so just knowing the greater landscape. Um, and again, like. Loving the brand that was already pre-established uh, by Girls from International, but then being able to see, well, how does that work in Kansas City? And what does that mean for us to show up uh, as a brand voice of Leslie Nope and Michelle Obama <laughs> in figuring out how did we deliver on this in our own market, in our own communities, in our own backyard? Um, and... I just love like being able to tweak um, my one of my strengths is being a maximizer. So thinking about taking something good and making it even better. Um, so then how can we grow, grow girls on the run, grow what our brand is, grow our voice um, here in the Kansas city market.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, you know, it's just important to note that for every additional girl that you reach, I mean, the, the, The potential for impact is exponential, you know, because if you empower one girl, you also empower the girls around her. And someday you may empower her children or her coworkers or her team members. Um, And so,
0: yeah. And Lauren, I even, you know, talking about that ripple effect, like I even think about how girls in the run and like girls who are part of the program impact their siblings, impact their parents, impact their neighbors, you know, and I love on 5k day where, you know, an aunt comes up to me and says, I've never ran. I, you know, I've never even ran a 5k, I've never even walked a 5k. So thinking about... What the power of an eight-year-old has on her whole family, and that's really something that we're trying to figure out too—is mobilizing what we're teaching the girls in our curriculum, and even thinking about how we change family food culture and what you know how families um, can grow their own vegetables in their own backyard and how that can impact their table, and just all of the different ways in which um, mobilizing what we are teaching can impact. You know, neighborhoods, communities, cities, the country.
1: Yeah, I uh, one of the the kind of taglines that I have in my head right now is "reach one, teach one," uh, or "teach one, reach one." There you go. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the model that you've adopted, and I, I love the the imagery of, of thinking about that as a ripple effect. But the fact that you are, I, I love the fact that you comprehensively try to reach these young girls. I mean, the fact is you could just be like, yeah, we're going to put on a 5k and we're going to let some girls run and have a good time. But really you are holistically looking at the girl and saying, not only are we going to give her the tools and the mechanisms by which to run, but we're really going to give her the tools and the mechanisms by which to live. Um, And that is, that's a very powerful thing. And I think it's a little bit of a kind of a secret icing on the cake ninja goal that you have. Um, you know, like really, on the surface, we're teaching girls to run, and we're going to help them run, and we're going to give them, you know, the stuff they need to do that. But the, the, the depth of what you're able to offer these young girls is pretty incredible.
0: Lauren, I would just like to reiterate, reiterate the point that you just said. I'm a ninja, so
1: I yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's now going on the business cards. Like, I feel like <laughs> <that's
0: gonna happen. laughs> it's well, it would be. You couldn't put ninja on the business cards. <laughs> <a ninja. laughs>
1: well, so so let me let let's talk about. Let's talk about this for a second. Cause I, I think that one of the you actually did a takeover, a social Instagram takeover for Innovate Her KC, because we wanted to to highlight what you do. And you showcased um a lot of your team, your team members. That was real cool. So thank you for doing that. We had we had so much fun seeing that. Um, but you you have this incredible team behind you who are all there, there's a common purpose and a common goal to support these young girls in many different ways. But one of the things that I want to talk about is you have a really strong, um, you've built a really strong core team, but you also have a really strong uh team of volunteers and people who are heavily invested in the success of your organization. You're not just cultivating, you know, donors or walkers and runners. You're you're cultivating advocates and just very, very avid fans um, with what you do. I've noticed that. So, so talk to us a little bit about that. The the building of that kind of culture and and what that looks like.
0: You know, and that's where I do feel like Girls on the Run in the Kansas City market has a ton of power is by our organic reach. Um, And our organic ambassadors that have been our promoters that have, you know, helped reshare who have created their own campaigns that surround Girls on the Run and the power, you know, that you just talked about the holistic approach to living a better life Um, and they understand it. Um, It's interesting. It's, I mean, sometimes hard to really describe all of the aspects of Girls on the Run um, because it touches so differently and, You know, some people who are not even runners are even, you know, love what we do because they understand it. They, They see how it impacts the whole person in the various ways I mean, you could be connected to girls in the run because your friend is a part of it. And you love like that community piece, you right. could be connected because you're a runner or you could be connected because you love learning and you love growing and pushing yourself in different ways. I mean, there, again, there's just so many different pieces um, and yeah, we're a team of six, um, but we have over 2,100 volunteers that are out in the community delivering what we do. And that, um, you know, we're, we're going to be at 50 sites this fall, but uh, in a normal fall, or last fall, and in comparison, we we're at 120. So we're in a bit of a rebuilding year, I would like to say we're like the 2016 Royals. We're, we're, <laughs> back. we're making a comeback. We're making a comeback. <laughs>
1: Uh, sorry, I have to giggle over that just a little bit. Um, okay, so so one of the things that we kind of, we wanted to touch on a little bit, you know, we've talked about this, this advocacy and building this brand, but I'm going to take it back up to the 10,000-foot view, and I'm going to ask you about volunteerism. I think that's something that you're pretty passionate about. So I want you to you talk to us about why volunteerism is important.
0: I again, being a part of the Kansas City community, it's so important to see various aspects of the community. And, um, you know, for example, being a part of food security and volunteering at harvesters and actually touching the food that goes to different entities that, you know, food pantries or people that, you know, backpack snacks. It's important to see putting it together to understand the landscape of how are we going to make Kansas city better? Um, and the power that comes from being a part of putting your time toward it is huge. Um, and it, you know, it's the investment of lift as you rise and what do you want your legacy to be? And where do you want to spend your time? It's, Interesting. Um, I just had a conversation with my team and a couple of volunteers about the 1619 project. And we were talking about uh, money versus people and making sure that we're all connected to humans um, and why why that is so important to, um, again, making our community better. Um, And so I just think volunteering gives you a seat in being a part of an organization and putting your time into it so then you too are involved and invested in whatever your passion point is and and what is exciting about kansas city is we've got a ton of different opportunities for you to be a volunteer and if it's food security if it's homelessness it's you know whatever your passion is you can put your time into that and making sure that it grows and it gets better because of where your investment is
1: Yeah. So, yay. You know, I, I, yay, yay, yay. Uh, I'm a volunteer at heart, and I know that a lot of, a lot of our listeners are, and I just, I think that that message is so, so crucial. Um, So I'm going to ask you now, I'm going to ask you one of my favorite, favorite questions to ask women leaders. Um, And, and here it goes. What? is the world, what is the world that you want to see? So, so and, I, and I'm not even necessarily, when I ask this question, people, I think, tend to focus on what they do. And what I'm focused on is the why they do. Um, so, so like, for instance, you know, my goal is to someday see a world where Innovate Her KC is no longer necessary because everyone, man, woman, child, no matter what color, religion, race, creed you are, you have equitable access to opportunity that's the dream. Innovate Her KC is the tactic, right? So, so I'm asking, I'm asking you, Gina, what is the dream?
0: Yeah. For me, I would love to see everybody living a living, living their best life. You know, like their fully expressed version of who they're supposed to be and standing in all of their strength, their power, pursuing what it is that they want to be pursuing. Um, To me, that is the utopia that, you know, someday would hope to create or at least work toward um, because when we're all fully expressed versions of ourselves, there's no stopping us. And we are living in what I consider the perfect world.
1: Yeah. And so how do you feel now we're, now we're going to get down to the 5,000 foot view. How do you feel your work through girls on the run is crucial to supporting that goal?
0: You know, I think, um, self development and self inquiry and just building a self awareness at the you know third level our third grade age level is so important because then it builds again this lifetime of awareness and continue to reflect on who you are what does it mean to show up as that how can i get better teaching that at such a young age and continue to build that foundation get you closer to that self actualization um, and, you know, into that fully expressed version of yourself Um, and then incorporating healthy coping mechanisms for when there are hard times of I'm going to move my body. I'm going to be with, you know, I'm going to be connected to people who support me. Um, I'm going to be fueling myself with healthy nutrition. Um, I might be silly for a moment because a dance party fixes everything. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Right? We <laughs> had a
1: happy hour last night, and we prancercised. I just want you to know that that happens. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, let's never lose that. Um, but I just think what we're teaching at Girls on the Run sets you up for a lifetime of, of this idea of self-actualization, of working toward that, of personal mastery. Um, so to me, we are, we are working toward that
1: okay, and as you as you work toward that, this is the third part of that question. We've gone through like different levels now the third the third and final piece, the five hundred foot view is is tactically what can we see in the future um that is going to bring us closer to to that those dreams? What's the future of girls on the run, Casey?
0: yeah, so. This fall, um, looking to deliver our program in person at schools, in person at community centers, virtually during the weekends for camp, um, really building our options for ways in which you can engage so then you can um, have these takeaways and these learnings. Um, and from a volunteer standpoint, we need we need all the people to help us deliver that. Um, so I encourage uh, listeners to follow up. If you're interested in helping to ignite young women's passion and unleash their limitless potential, we need you. Um, and same, if you're if you have a young daughter uh, person, young lady at home that you are guardian for, sign her up for girls in the run because this is a time more than ever that girls need to experience um, all the things that they will get from this program.
1: Yeah. Well, well, that is very cool, and so we have come—we have come to the time of the human question. Are you ready? I've been, I've been ruminating on this, and, and you opened the door. So if you don't like this question, it is your fault. No one to blame, but you. Uh, I hope is about my ninja skills. <laughs> although, if you would like to explore that, I am more than happy to do a quick change. Uh, So so the question is this, Um, you know, you definitely want to inject fun and you and I always have a really fun time when we're talking. What's your favorite way to have fun?
0: You know, For me, it's spending time with friends um, and really it's doing something active together. If it's a run group, if it's a bike uh, with friends. I mean, if it is a dance party, that happens sometimes when I'm with my people. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's spending time with others. that's other that-
1: yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, There's a
0: reason I'm doing the work that I'm doing. <laughs> Um yeah, so it's spending time with those that I love and doing something that brings us tons of joy. And all of those things that I mentioned are what bring me joy.
1: Excellent. So what's your favorite song to dance to when you have one of these infamous dance parties? You get two human questions. Look at you. <laughs>
0: um, oh my gosh. You know, I am a huge SWB fan and oh. so probably Probably one of their songs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just got so excited. Like I started vibrating when you said that. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Well, <laughs> well, Gina, thank you so much for being with us here today and for Sharing your wisdom and sharing your hearts, um, we are very, very grateful. Uh, and I'm speaking on behalf of everybody in the world, the startup hustle audience, innovators everywhere. Um, thank you for everything you do and for taking the time to be us today.
0: Thank you, Lauren. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely. Oh my gosh, absolutely. It has been it, it, it has been an honor. Uh, and you know what else is an honor? I have to say, it's an honor to be sponsored by Full Scale. Uh, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. You can find us, Startup Hustle Podcast, on Instagram at Startup Puzzle Podcast or check out our YouTube channel. We are so psyched that you chose to spend some time with us today. Thank you, and we will catch you again soon.